This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. In wild times like these, you need more than financial product salespeople. You need a firm that looks at the entirety of your life and helps you with strategies that coordinate all disciplines of good stewardship so you can manage wisely what God has given you and thrive in these times of chaos and confusion. Have a team that acts as consultants in the business of you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show. Today, my guest who joins me in the um, fight against the Great Reset, um, who joins me in the uh, culture war that we are in, is my good buddy, Seth Gruber. Seth is the um, leader of the White Rose Resistance and um, has a podcast called Unaborted, which I know you guys are familiar if you've been following this show for a while. He's been on with me many times, and he's just good pal. And so anytime I can wrangle him for an episode, I will. So, Seth, how are you, brother? Christo-fascist, Bryce Eddy. It's uh, good to be back with you, brother. Appreciate all that you're doing. Hey, is this my first time on the Bryce Eddy show? Um, um, because it was hmm. Liberty Station before, so I think this might be the first official one. <laughs> you know, that that might be the case before a little rebrand. Um, <clears throat> you haven't been with me in studio with our new, you know, fancy signs and stuff, but, um, you know, with, next you time we're out here, your, we'll do you that. You mean with your, your muscles all over the, the set is what you... <laughs> yes, my the caricature of myself is real. Yeah. That's, that, is, uh, that is true. It's awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah. good to be with you. And Bryce, as always, you're, uh, you know, everyone knows we, we have a, 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 a bromance, a David and Jonathan bromance, and, uh, and, <laughs> and we are kind of just godly um, friendships in a uh, really atomized culture where everyone is so isolated in their careers their Netflix and chill lifestyles, their death-scrolling social media rhythms. And we saw this, I think, increase in kind of the atomization and isolation of the individual more so than ever in 2020, 2021, 2022. Um, and, and this is kind of another larger theme of the humanist revolution Mm-hmm. And the long walk through the institutions, the sexual revolutionary cabal, uh, whatever you want to call it, they have always wanted to kind of break man down to this atomized individual that just feeds his appetites and cravings whenever they arise uh, to, to, to indulge the animalistic side that all human beings have, because without the chest, without virtue, honor, and morality, to temper our more animalistic uh, Garden of Eden tendencies, um, it it is very easy to become a degenerate, addicted, feed-me-now type of sinner, uh, of which we're all prone in in our sinful nature. And so it's good to have friendships with with people like you, Bryce. I think this is one of the ways that the church 
actually has to fight back at the local level is returning to those things we used to know. Godly fellowship, localism, federalism, transparency, uh, vulnerability, open friendships where you're actually honest about who you are and you're being refined by one another and you're being spurred on towards love and good works. This was the history of the local church in the first century. But we, we've been participating in the liturgies of, of humanism for so long that we've, we've started to forget, forget who we are. And so um, maybe that's one of the things we'll talk about today, Bryce, is kind of th- this has been a long effort and goal of the today we're calling it the great reset revolutionaries but they used to call themselves the population limitation movement they used to call themselves mm-hmm. the eugenics movement before eugenics got a negative connotation due to you know that guy hitler uh it, it right. just continues to rebrand itself to morph to, to to shift to shape to trans itself but it is indeed all the same movement the entire time. Yeah, um, well, and so we'll dive into some of that today, Bryce, so that we can avoid Hosea 4.6, so that we are not destroyed for lack of knowledge once again. Amen. Yeah, well, well, it's a, it's a spirit that moves through all of that, that thing. It's a manifestation of a spirit. That's why you're yeah. seeing the, um, the through line to, to all these things. Um, you know, and, and just you well know, pausing for a moment to say, uh, one of the best and most wonderful things, I mean, and we've talked about it, I think, openly um, uh, before. I mean, I've certainly mentioned on the show, 2020 was a blessing of a year. If you were engaged and paying attention to what was happening, um, because so many of us, the uh, the ones that, you know, were the fighters that stayed open, you know, we bonded in great deep friendships. And, and we had a good time yeah. in the midst of, of a really <laughs> weird environment. And, and uh, you know, we would not have be- become so deeply connected, you and I, and, you know, guys like, uh, you know, A.J. Hurley and uh, uh, Siaka, so and, you know, uh, who, who I had on earlier this week. And, yeah, and, I mean, I can think of uh, truly, and, and I, without exaggeration, I, you know, a dozen or more deep bonds and deep friendships. And, and, and by that, I mean, you know, people that I just love dearly, uh, where we've all come together, um, you know, with this common purpose. Um, um, and and that common understanding of the times that we are in, and so sure. it's it's been it's been such a wonderful blessing, and and so I'm uh, I'm excited. You were you know talking about you know uh, as you often do you know men with and without chests, and I'm not sure yeah. if you're following these. Uh, there's a couple of kids, and I um, I hesitate to um, give them any press at all. To um, uh, so I, I I I only remember one of the guys' names. But uh, they are a couple of paid um, Democrat TikTok influence kind of kids, right? Yeah. And twenty, you know, yep. they're they're in their early twenties, and I was I was reflecting on the I way on here to the that. studio. Oh, really? Okay. Well, you're gonna right. have to tell that story uh, uh, just just uh, after this. I I I'm reflecting upon how weak men in their twenties look today. And yeah. uh, and I say that because there's there's a, a, a couple of pictures and I should probably, you know, pull, pull them up and, you know, uh, throw them on at, at some point um, on my social media of me at 20 and my friends at 20, 21, 22. Yeah. And we looked like men. We were distinctly masculine. And I think, you know, and we've talked about it before, I think there's an issue with testosterone, um, you know, m- many factored reasons why. 
Uh, but there's also a study that shows that uh, if you know, men start taking care of themselves differently, working out, exercising, their testosterone goes up. And along with their testosterone going up, they move more towards being conservative simultaneously. And so some of what we are suffering with in this culture is a lack of masculinity. That's why, you know, we're putting the man back in mankind on the show. Um, And a over dominance of, you know, some of the bad traits of femininity, right? You know, because both right. masculine and feminine have their, uh, you know, strong side of their coin and their the weak side of their coin or the bad side of their coin. And, and we're seeing that happen. Um, but to, to in this story well, that I want to hear, uh, I want to hear, um, you know, the, these kids went on and were describing on Tim Dillon's podcast that, um, you know, they that the Democrats are, you know, ha, they have they have bad policy. I mean, the kids like openly saying this, you know, but of course he's like, yeah, but vote for Biden. But Tim Dillon goes, oh, clip that out. <laughs> you know, let's clip this. Let's clip this. They're like, no, don't clip this part of the show, because anytime they were to criticize uh, any Democrats, their viewer count goes down dramatically, which it's a bunch of fake yep. viewers anyway. Yeah. So this really interesting, Bryce. I, I, I love how how deep you think about these things. And this is why I'm I'm beginning to um just study and read much deeper than I, I have even in prior years to begin connecting a lot of the dots of our current culture and, and how we got here. Because, you know, man is a is a complex uh being. Right. And we're not just uh, material, are we? We're not just like uh, stardust. Um, <laughs> we're not just uh, bodies. We have a soul. We're eternal beings. And you see the scripture talk about this a lot, right? In the Psalms, you'll, you'll, you'll read these Psalms, Bryce, where they say things like, um, when I didn't repent and I didn't acknowledge my sin, my bones wasted away inside me. I, mm. I ached inside me. There, that's, there, there are literally dozens of examples. That's just one where the scriptures are constantly linking the physical with the metaphysical, right? Yes. So the metaphysically, when I didn't repent because of sin, which you can't see sin, it's like you, you have guilt and shame because of something you did. You can't see that sin anymore, but then the metaphysical reality of that sin is still in you. So so when I didn't acknowledge a metaphysical reality, says, says the psalmist, right? I, I experienced physical pain and repercussions because of it, right? We're embodied human beings. We, we, the, the, the technical theological term for this is hylomorphism, um, right? The, 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 the body and the soul, we are both things. Uh, and, and so when Jesus rises from the grave, he still has the holes in his hands, <laughs> even though he's mm-hmm. in a perfected state, right? Because we are both body and soul. Um, and so because of that, you can't escape the f- you can't escape the fact that what we eat, what we think about, what we consume, both 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 food-wise or media-wise and content-wise, actually affects us metaphysically. And so all of these kind of conversations, they play into the modern man. They play into yeah. our current culture, and they play into the feminization of men and men without chests. Because now that man is so accustomed to indulging his appetites and cravings, he doesn't know how to exercise his moral muscles anymore. He's been atrophying his 
physical muscles and now it's easier for his moral muscles to atrophy as well because we're hylomorphic embodied human beings so so i all of this is such an important uh, conversation to have right because it starts to explain how we got here and also why the other side Bryce and this is fascinating wh- why they have always hated the the natural conclusions that come from the natural order right yeah. and, and so what wh- why does man become more conservative um when he begins to work out more when he begins to toil and to sweat and to bleed and to rip his muscles and then they repair and then he rips them and then they repair and he gets up early and he crushes it and he works with his hands why is the working class tend to be more conservative right all of these questions it's because man is in touch with the natural limitations of the world right that there's a world outside right we 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 don't all need to be outdoor enthusiasts uh, hunters uh, hikers or gardeners um, but we should at least ask ourselves the question of how our current practices are shaping our society. What, what is the future for a culture that has forgotten its limitations or ignored the importance of acknowledging and conforming to creation as it has been given to us? And when you're in touch with the natural world, you begin to recognize that there are natural limitations. And that's yeah, true amen. in politics as well. So man naturally leans towards the conservative man. And and so hence, to go back to the intro of my show when I said I'm glad for your friendship, right? Because because they don't want that type of friendship and fellowship. They want the atomized, broken down, isolated individual who's not in touch with the natural world and natural limitations and using his muscles and bumping up against the hard bricks and wall of reality that says, sorry, that's not possible. Man can't become woman. Sorry, you can't just get your vegetables in in one day. It's going to take a full season, and you got to be in touch with the limitations of the world. And the humanists who have been who have been ushering in the Marxist socialist revolution for decades and decades and decades as a proxy war attack against religion and Christianity have always hated the church, the gathering of the believers. Gathering and sent, gathering and sent, reminding one another of our natural limitations. Repent, humble yourself, believe, now go share the truth. That has always been the single greatest threat to the secular moral revolution and its high pontiffs and priests. And I can prove it to you for the next 30 minutes. But anyways, Bryce, I just wanted to <laughs> highlight kind of just the depth from which you're speaking. And I think people, I think men in particular and families and pastors, for goodness sakes, need to be having these conversations. No, I think so too, and and you know what, um, the there was a reason that during the lockdowns, and and whether uh, it was always entirely conscious, uh, conscious reason that they kept us indoors, they kept us from the open trails and the ocean and outside and touching nature and <laughs> and isolated us and all that stuff is because you know that is how we we physically build ourselves and you know, staying out of the sun, you know, vitamin D was one of the, you know, biggest wow. things uh, to, to help us with respect to battling the virus and, you know, keeping us healthy. And, you know, so all that stuff, you look at the the folks that are swallowing the, 
far left mantras, you know, they're they're not going outside. They're staying indoors. They're glued to the blue light of their screens, um, you know, uh, coloring their hair funny, um, sickly pallor. Um, uh, many of them are uh, o- obese, uh, o- uh, massively uh, unhealthy folks. And and there's no wonder that they are having trouble, um, you know, understanding that it is in, uh, inexorably linked your physical and metaphysical. And, uh, and, yep. and that's, you know, again, why they're trying to decouple that with the idea of the transhumanist, uh, you know, you can be whatever you want. Um, and, and a, you know, <laughs> regardless of what your biology says, you know, and, and we'll right. just, you know, put a mask, uh, we'll just manipulate your, your outside, uh, you know, look and put a costume of a woman on and hey congratulations now now you're you're a woman you know and and all of that stuff is all connected yeah so you know um c.s lewis writes the abolition of man in 1945 right uh right at the end of world war ii and of course the the big line from that book is the head rules the belly through the chest um so the head is the intellect it's the rational man it's what separates us from the animals. The belly is the animal. It's the appetite, feed me, cravings, desires, sex, food, drugs. And the chest is virtue, honor, and morality. So so the rational nature rules over the animal um, through virtue, honor, and morality. So men without That's chests cool. is, the, is the abolition of man. Uh, but he has another line in the abolition of man, Bryce. Here's what he says. He says, for the wise men of old, the cardinal problem had been how to conform the soul to reality. And the solution had been knowledge, uh, self-discipline, and virtue. Today, the problem is how to subdue reality to the wishes of men. Mm. The solution is a technique. <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, geez Louise, can you get more prescient? 1945, what the hell? Right? C.S. Lewis, Amazing. once again, predicting everything like Chesterton was um, 35 years before Lewis. And so th- this whole pursuit of transgenderism and transhumanism, which is all based on the old heresy of Gnostic dualism and body self-dualism, is itself impossible. That We will not be downloading our consciousness to the cloud, Bryce, um, because uh, that is uh, a false anthropology. Um, that is a, a that is a false theology. We cannot liberate the real person <laughs> and, and just rip it from the bondage of biology because we are hylomorphic human beings. That's not going to happen. It is in fact impossible. But but that has been the pursuit of modernity, as C.S. Lewis said, is how to subdue reality to the wishes of men. Right. So yeah. Bryce, if we can liberate ourselves even from the constraints of human nature itself and its limitations, then there is no end to our political project. And maybe that's always been the point, was actually to build an alternative creation story, to offer an alternative gospel, right? And so this is what I say over and over and over and over again, Bryce, is that the culture war church was a proxy war, for a deeper spiritual war. Man is fundamentally a religious being, and leftism, humanism, Darwinism, evolutionism, whatever you want to call it, they often live and function far more religiously than most Christians do. But 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 we have to understand, Bryce, that the, none of this is new. 
And this is why I love what you were saying about, you know, maybe there's some good news of people waking up because we have to realize how long this stuff has been brewing. Okay. Mm -hmm. There is probably a 230 year at least track record of, um, let's call it, um, Neo-Malthusianism, evolution, and overpopulationism. Uh, let's just right. call it eugenics. There's probably a 230-year um, track record of eugenics with its various iterations. You understand what I'm saying? With it, with it, yeah. with it resurfacing with a different mask. It goes from overpopulationism to the population bomb to reproductive rights, and now to the fourth iteration. I think we're living through, which I call transvaccinated. The transvaccinated fourth iteration <laughs> yeah. of eugenics, and I'm happy to dive into that. But but the, 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 it was always the same movement. It it, it just came with different masks right. to 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 confuse and and put the scent off of its revolution, lest the people begin to wake up and realize that this was a really kooky and borderline demonic <laughs> movement. Former President Trump recently issued a warning from Mar-a-Lago, and I quote, Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. Some experts believe there are serious threats to the future value of the U.S. dollar because of inflation, deficit spending, and our increasing national debt. One asset that has withstood famine, wars, and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times is gold. And you can own it in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part? You don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text Bryce to 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold. Think about this. In March of this year, when the banks faltered, the stock market faltered, and gold surged. Birch Gold can help you find out how to protect your savings with gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Text Bryce to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Again, text Bryce to 989898. Yeah, well, well, I mean, I mean, really, it's it's a uh, it's a sinful spirit of we can be like God. It goes right back to yep. to Genesis. That's what we're talking about here. When you're talking about people who who believe and think that they can transform mankind, you know, uh, yep. Noah, uh, uh, you, uh, I always say it wrong, uh, uh, but you've all Noah Harari, Noah, you've all Harari. Yeah. Um, sometimes yeah. I, I uh, interchange that. But, um, you know, he's the one that says we've moved beyond the God of the Bible, you know, so that it's it's all of that same manifestation of that spirit in Genesis of we are going to be like him. And and so that's what these folks are doing. And it's their own new religion that's just, you know, ch changing its forms uh, over the years. But what when we're talking about people waking up, it's interesting. So I've been very slowly because now that my girls are, uh, you know, employed and have their own, uh, music studios and all that stuff, you know, we, we have like one night a week that we're home. And if it all works out, they ask me to read and we've been slowly going through 1984 and, uh, you yeah. know, we're, and it's, and, and again, they're very long chapters, but I'll read a chapter. And so we're, we're going through and, um, yeah. you know, the, the main character, um, you know, meets up with this gal at some point in the book, uh, as you might recall, 
And he gets into trying to get her to, you know, talk. Uh, he's he's talking about the double think. He's talking about his job. He's talking about how he's literally erasing history in real time yeah. and reshaping it. And and he's like, if it weren't for me remembering these things, you know, no no one else would. And he's <laughs> like, and and even then, I'm forgetting these things. And once I forget these things, or I don't save that scrap of paper, whatever, it's gone. And and basically, she. She basically, every time he's doing that, uh, she becomes bored, confused, and and basically says, hey, I never pay attention to any of that stuff. And and every time you're, I'm reading this, I'm thinking about our current mm-hmm. culture and how much that really is. Because you know, yeah. guys like you and I, we're getting fired up because we know what's at stake. Um, but there's a lot of sure. people that are good people. I would argue, you know, or have good intentions. But as you start to talk to them about this, either they get stressed out uh, or they do get yeah. confused and they look at you like, oh, come on. You know, I'm just trying to live my life. I'm just trying to do my thing. Yeah. And uh, right. and and I don't think they understand really what's at stake. But um, at the end of one uh, chapter, uh, he um describes and I'll just read this uh, because I think you know people quote the book all the time but they but there's so many rich passages in this book and and one here he says they could be made to accept the most flagrant violations of reality because they never fully grasped the enormity of what was demanded of them and were not sufficiently interested in public events to notice what was happening by lack of mm-hmm. understanding they remained sane They simply swallowed everything, and what they swallowed did them no harm because it left no residue behind, just as a grain of corn will pass undigested through the body of a bird. And and again, um, where circling back to the beginning of our conversation, I'm starting to see more and more people recognize that, okay, wait, there really is something wrong here. And I think it's evidenced also by this uh, Bud Light boycott. Bud Light, week after week, it's getting worse and worse for them as a brand because they decided to, you know, put it in all of the what I'm calling the normal people's party faces. And uh, and thankfully, you know, this might be the first boycott that's ever worked out where, you know, people really did just go, okay, I'm done with that. Yeah. And we need more of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, right. Uh, Orwell also wrote a very popular essay called Politics in the English Language, mm-hmm. um, renowned essay, quite long, but it's worth reading. And he says uh, political language has to consist largely of euphemism, question begging, and sheer cloudy vagueness. He yep. says such phraseology is needed if one wants to name things without calling up mental pictures of them. Political language, he says, is designed to make lies sound truthful and murder respectable and give the appearance of solidity to pure wind, right? And so what's the problem with with remaining silent and going along with political correctness. And so what are examples of this? Uh, abortions, health care, uh, chopping off a minor's penis yeah. and reshaping G- gender her of, vagina. Is gender, gender affirming, affirming care. Yeah, gender affirming health care doesn't, <laughs> uh, uh, doesn't sound as bad as castrating little kids. 
Yeah, that's right. Um, that uh, that uh, sodomizing individuals and calling your relationship a marriage is love is love. Equality, baby. Marriage equality. Um, that uh, neutrality um, that was or that um, uh, that we once used neutral to refer to people who were unbiased and could be trusted to uh, have a conversation with an open mind. And now neutral is used as a word to refer to moral relativism, um, mm-hmm. that you're just neutral. And so you take no position whatsoever. Um, responsibility, uh, that, that's been reshaped and re- redefined. That used to, to mean uh, a moral individual who could be uh, relied upon to uh, show up and to um, live a moral life. And now responsible uh, means, did you use protection when you engaged in extramarital sexual intercourse? Uh, were you responsible? Um, I mean, there's so many of these words in our culture have been redefined. Uh, they've, been, they've been infused with new meanings because language shapes the way we think and it colors the way we see the world. And, and so uh, we're dealing, Bryce, with I think what we should call logogogs and lexicographic molesters. Um, hmm. So logogogs, so, so word tyrants. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, uh, word tyrants. Write that one down. <clears throat> and, and lexicographic molesters, um, right? They, they rape words, and then they call the rape lovemaking. They euphemize the very words that they're changing. This is, this is, this is such a weird 21st century modernity phenomenon, um, and yet it's always been a key element of the secular moral revolution, word tyrants, lexicographic molesters. They understand the importance of redefining everything and creating chaos. And, and so when, when the people um, see this happening, Bryce, and they remain silent, when the people see the, the mania of, of requiring a triple jab person to become quadruple jabbed after they already know that the drug does not do anything whatsoever. And that comes from CDC director, Rochelle Walensky and Anthony Fauci, the high priest of humanism from March of 2020 to January of 2022 and uh, 20 or uh, December of 2022. And we stay silent and we just go along to get along. <clears throat> we, I've talked to you about this on previous episodes, Bryce. It rots the soul. Um, yeah. Theodore Dalrymple, a, an English prison psychiatrist and therapist, <clears throat> puts it quite well. He says, political correctness is communist propaganda writ small. He said, in my study of communist societies, I came to the conclusion that the purpose of communist propaganda was not to persuade or convince, not to inform, but to humiliate. And therefore, the less it corresponded to reality, the better. When people are forced to remain silent, when they are being told the most obvious lies, or even worse, when they're re- forced to repeat those lies themselves, um, uh, they lose once and for all their sense of integrity. <laughs> because he says to assent to obvious lies in some small way makes one evil oneself. And, and so he says that one standing to resist anything in this culture is thus eroded and even destroyed. A society of emasculated liars is easy to control. And so he finishes and says, I think if you examine political correctness, it has the same effect and is intended to. So when you remain silent in the face of lies and you capitulate 
and you allow man to refer to woman for goodness sake <laughs> and you allow healthcare to refer to homicide uh, and and you uh, and you allow um, eugenics and euthanasia to refer to healthcare <clears throat> because you you don't want to rock the boat um not only do you rot inside you actually turn into the advocate of the very evil that you oppose linguistically or that you oppose internally perhaps right internally you're disagreeing with it <laughs> internally you're like in your mind you're thinking thoughts you're thinking thoughts Bryce, that you don't agree with this right just like everyone that was standing around shadrach meshach and abednego maybe half of them were like well I i'm not really bowing down in mm. my soul i'm opposing <laughs> In yeah. my whole, in my soul, Bryce, I'm dissenting. But physically, you're actually going through the motions. You're playing the role, uh, and so yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this, we're doing our church this... online. We're doing church on yeah, Zoom. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, is that Bryce, people who have lived behind communism have tried to warn us of this. That this yeah. has actually long been the role. Because what did Theodore Dalrymple just say? He said, in my study of communist societies, communist societies, I came to the conclusion that the purpose of communist propaganda was not to inform, persuade, or convince. It was to humiliate. So, so the, the, to humiliate the people, right? To, 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 to scandalize them so much with the distortion of reality, <laughs> with the attempt to remake man and language in our own image, that it will actually just scandalize you into silence or into participation. And so this, this, anti, this Polish anti-communist dissident uh, named, um, oh man, his name just slipped my mind right now. Um, he, uh, he, he described how people who were ideologically opposed to communism would go along with the orthodoxy of communism in order to remain out of trouble. His name was Czesław Milos. Czesław Milos, and he, he's, a, he's a poet and author. He's written about living behind communism in, in Poland. And he uses this word, Bryce, he uses this word ketman, K-E-T-M-A-N, ketman, um, to explain this phenomenon, okay? The phenomenon of, of pay, paying rhetorical assent to the current orthodoxy uh, in order to remain out of trouble and yeah. not be uh, discriminated or targeted by the entrenched regime. But inwardly, you were dissenting. And, and Ketman is this, it's a Persian word, actually, um, that referred to, um, to people who practice Islamic orthodoxy um, and faith while inwardly dissenting because they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want the, the uh, Muslims to, to kill them, right? So inwardly, they, they went along with Islamic orthodoxy, but inwardly dissented. This is right. where this word Ketman comes from. It's a Persian word. Um, and, and so the problem with Ketman, which is most of what most people are living in today in the church and in and even parts of the conservative movement, yes, right? when we say things like biological male, but everyone, yeah. can you all stop saying that, please? That you're, it's redundant. You're just saying the same thing twice. If he's a male, then he is biologically a male. He cannot be anything else. So don't give the qualifier biological before the word male just call him a dude for goodness sake yeah. that's one example of what i'm talking about is that we start to speak like the high priests of the humanist orthodoxy in order to go along to get along what so does I that do 
Yeah, so I shouldn't refer to myself as a cisgender biological male <laughs> whose uh, pronouns are Mr. and Sir. Well, unless you're mocking, unless you're like you're like Elijah with the prophets of Baal, Bryce, and you're intentionally mocking and 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 oh, I'm uh, mocking. poking fun at the yeah. at the would be tyrants. But but we we hear people like I've heard I've heard Megyn Kelly say this. Like I, I've yeah. heard I've heard major people we like say biological male, and I want to tell them. Well, to stop. they, so they train us. Yeah, they 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 train us like little barking seals too. You know, they they yeah. because they are masters at this, and um, you know, I think the only one better on our side is James Lindsay, when it comes to how he uh, you know trolls them with these Very things great. and comes up with his own uh, with with better language for this stuff. And that's really what we need to do is um, yeah. is be uh, um, deft at. Uh, poking fun at it because it's so silly on its face, but it's it's hard not to you know get caught up in the language if you aren't paying attention or intentionally saying no, I'm not going to play this game with them. Do not trust these woke banks. Do not. Put your money into ESG funds. Instead, why don't you talk to the Alliance and Trust family? Finance is in their blood. I grew up with them, and they've handled my entire financial world for nearly 30 years. And as a testament to their talents, they've managed to keep me not just out of trouble, which in and of itself is remarkable, but they've helped me to build real wealth. They've assisted me through complex business transactions and family matters. Now even my daughters are working with Uncle Randy to put financial disciplines in place for their futures. Invest with people who share our values and will help you to be a good steward with what God has given you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. Yeah, that's right. And so so what, what when, when we have a culture of people living in Ketman, Bryce, ultimately what we have is, is we have actors, right? Because having to be on all the time, right, to make sure mm-hmm. that you're that you're in you're in the rhetorical orthodox lane that the entrenched regime demands you stay in, and you have to constantly be aware of that because you don't want to be fired by running afoul of the DEIESG priests in the in the human relations department, right? Having to be on all the time inevitably changes a person because if you yeah. if you inhabit the role of an actor long enough and around the clock Bryce you become the character you're playing do you see why this is so deadly and dangerous and so when we say things like biological male to use that example once again we're actually granting the entire premise of transgenderism because if you say biological male you're saying that there's such a thing as a non-biological male that's That's what you're saying otherwise you wouldn't use the qualifier Right. When you say potential person or potential baby, and I've actually heard some pro-lifers say this or um, or they say they say the baby's future life or they, they use these kind of phrases. Yeah, you, yeah. You're actually granting the premise that it's not a life right now. It's not a person like us right now. There are so many examples of this. And so what that ends up doing is it creates docile citizens um, who are easier to control. And that's always kind of been the point because it's never required a 51% or plurality 
to to usher in systemic social change. It's required a small percentage of radically devoted ideologues who are willing to lay down their lives and their sacred honors in order to upend society and recreate it in their own image. And so that's what we're living through. And so just as just as physical atrophy occurs through not using your muscles, moral and spiritual atrophy occurs through not using your voice to speak truth, to defend the good, to fight evil, and to speak with terms that describe the world as it really is, not as yeah. the humanist would want it to be. And so from a high level, this conversation is very high level today, Brett. Like, that's why all this stuff matters um, and, and why you actually have to be aware of that, because otherwise we're just participating in the liturgies of humanism. Yeah, and I think at the same time, you know, uh, uh, the – the reason that people are, are doing that and using their language and, and uh, adapting to that is, um, on one hand, many people don't want to get in trouble, right? Uh, and, then, and then there's the people that I'll give the benefit of the doubt. They want to be nice. Um, but I've, you know, I've said on the show that there's a distinction between nice and kind, and we want to be kind. And there's a way that you can be kind while still speaking truth and being uncompromising on our language and being clear. Um, and, and, and that's what we need to strive for is how do we be kind in speaking the truth, you know, be uh, loving in speaking the truth. But yeah. not conform our language to uh, the lunacy of the other side. Well, Thomas, <clears throat> Thomas Sowell said it well, Bryce. He said, if you want to help someone, tell them the truth. If you want to help yourself, tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. Um, you know, or <clears throat> as C.S. Lewis says, if you look for truth, uh, you may find comfort in the end. Uh, if you look for comfort, you will find neither comfort nor truth, only yeah. soft soap and wishful thinking to begin. And in the end, despair. And I think a lot of people over the last two and three years, Bryce, have reached a conclusion of despair in their lives, in their families, in their budget, in their social life. And I think there's maybe the early seeds of an awakening and and prayerfully a revival of people realizing we've been pursuing comfort and we found neither comfort nor truth. Um, let's return to truth because it's the truth that sets us free. I, I think we are going to be put in a position, and I believe it'll be a great blessing, to, uh, that the uh, really rough times are coming. And I think comfort is not going to be as easy to find. And when the pretense of the comfort and prosperity and things that we're enjoying right now, which is a false prosperity in many cases, you know, people are up to their eyeballs in, in debt, um, you know, many of them even worse than that. Um, there's a massive financial house of cards that I think is going to probably end up right. collapsing. And, you know, when the rug is pulled out from underneath so many of these people that are trying to be uncontroversial in their day-to-day uh, -day life. Um, I, I think that semblance of civilization and everything being dropped is going to be a dramatic turn of events. And I don't think people are going to be as um, down with being uh, nice when it comes to some yeah. of these things. That's very well said. Um, <clears throat> Bryce, if you're reading 1984 right now, you may remember the purpose of Newspeak. The, mm -hmm. the purpose of Newspeak in 1984 was, quote, to make all other modes of thought impossible. Yes. To make all other modes of thought impossible. Is that not 
America in 2023. You're not allowed to entertain the thought that the baby is a person or we're going to firebomb and burn down your pregnancy resource center and label pro-life conservatives domestic terrorists. You're not allowed to entertain the mode of thought that there are only two genders. And if you refuse to use a mentally ill person's preferred pronouns, you will be fired. And if you refuse to use a minor's preferred pronouns in your classroom, you will be fired. And if you tell the minor's parents who are the legal authority over that child that their minor that they're responsible for is identifying as the other gender, we're going to fire you. Jessica Tapia, my friend who had on the podcast recently, who goes to Calvary Chapel Chino Hills, was fired when she told her her school that she was a teacher for in Southern California that she would not be telling parents if any of the minor children in her classroom identified as the other gender or wanted to use preferred pronouns. And they told her she had to lie to the parents because it's an issue of student privacy and it's the law. All other modes of thought impossible. You must only walk the line of humanism. You must only walk the line of the news speak of 2023. Um, and so it's, it's, it's incredible to Let's, be living through this right now, as it was described in so many different ways and books by so many different authors as a warning, because they'd seen it play out in communist societies and we're sleepwalking our way into tyranny once again. Yeah, let, um, let's let's pause real quick and, and dive into that um, that issue of privacy because you know what's what's happened you know in our society in general as and we've talked a little bit about this as you know morality shrinks right and the basis for for the way we behave and the decisions we make being on morality as that gets diminished and rules and you know. Uh, uh, legal, um, uh, yeah. well, laws, I mean, I was going to use a, another term, but as all of that grows, um, massive, we lose our ability to actually think. And so, you know, the, the people that go along with that idea yeah. of privacy for kids, there should be no privacy, uh, when it comes to, to children, there should be no, uh, privacy. Um, you know, you, there should be no keeping things from parents, right? Just fundamentally yeah, as a rule, uh, the parents are supreme in that relationship and there should be none of that. But what they do is they will excuse it because they'll say, well, some kids are abused, Seth. Some kids, you know, some kids, they're in really bad circumstances and we need to protect those children. Just like we used to have to count out change at the register when you went and paid, you know, there was a a process that you had to go through of thinking things through and all that stuff. We rescued kids from abusive situations throughout all of our history. There were abused kids that got help based on adults in their lives intervening and intervening in those cases. And in those cases, they made decisions that were particular to the needs of protecting that kid who is in an abusive situation with those parents. But we've removed all of the judgment and all of the ability to discern out of our authorities and our leaders and all of that and and made it this, you know, faceless, uh, these laws yep. that are just absolutely yep. ridiculous. And then, you know, you, you paint everything with this massively broad brush. And then these knuckleheads yep. can say, well, that's why we're doing it, Bryce or Seth. You know, we're protecting these few kids that could actually be in situations of abuse. And so we're going to take rights away from all of the parents instead. Well, so, so Bryce, you've, you've just, um, 
we've now arrived at the doorway, the the sexual doorway, the pedophilic doorway, the yeah. rabbit hole, the looking glass um, that very few conservatives are willing to go down. We're not conspiracy theorists, okay? Um, we study these things. We reject newspeak, and we entertain other modes of thought. We re- we reject the one party rule that tells you to to think only one way. Um, and, and so, because we think deeply about these things, guys, and Bryce and I think deeply about these things, we're willing to to go through the doorway we're about to walk through right now that far too conser- few conservatives will do. What Bryce just touched on. The, the toe he just put into the water, into the deep end of the sexual revolution without knowing it, perhaps, brother, is this word consent. Yes. That's what you were starting to touch on there. Um, yep. When you study and read, Bryce, <clears throat> the writings and work of the United Nations before CECAS, um, when you study CECAS, the Sexuality Information Education Council of the United States, started by Mary Calderon, Planned Parenthood's medical director in 1964, with, with seed money from Hugh Hefner, and with a board member, amongst others, named Wardell Pomeroy, who was later the d- executive director of the Kinsey Institute at Indiana University, and Wardell Pomeroy, one of the first board members of the same group that creates all the pornographic sex ed in the schools today that brought all the mama bears and papa bears to school board meetings in 2021. 2021. Wardell Pomeroy was described in a 1980 interview with Time Magazine called Attacking the Last Taboo as part of the pro-incest lobby. And Wardell Pomeroy told Time Magazine in this 1980 interview, go fact check me. Um, He said incest need not be a sign of mental illness. Incest between children and adults can sometimes be beneficial. So I I could give you 100 more examples. What I'm touching on here, Bryce, is that they they don't believe that any – any sexual act is taboo or that any moral act at all is wrong in the nature of the act. If that's confusing, let me say that a different way. They don't believe that decisions or actions are right or wrong in, in, uh, based on the action itself. Right. So like, so if I punched you, Bryce, that, that action is not wrong because it's wrong to harm someone. It, it would only be wrong if if um, it if um, I regretted it, um, or maybe it had larger societal repercussions, right? So remember the gay marriage debate, right? What did they say? What business is it of, of yours, Christian Church? What, what consenting adults do in the privacy of their own bedrooms? Right. So this, this this consent is one of the. Um, it's one of the linchpins of the sexual revolution. And this is why the United Nations two weeks ago, brother, just proposed decreasing the age of consent for children to 12. And they said, while it might not reflect the current legal landscape of the phrase and concept of consent, it could still be a legitimate way to view consent. Um, and so they're, they're, they're moving the Overton window and they're yeah. trying to normalize. They discussed kind of moving it down to 10. They discussed moving it down to 10. Yeah. Yes, they did. And so what are they saying, Bryce? This is actually really important to understand kind of the larger sexual revolution and and, and kind of our our current moment now in the culture of death is that um, they they will always use the phrase um, sexual being or individual 
Um, if you read the writings of these pedophilic-leaning sexual revolutionaries and call them secular progressive leaders, humanists, whatever you want to call them, it's all the same thing, they always use the word bisexual being or they use the word individual. They, they almost never use the phrase person or child. It's, 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 they say that we are sexual beings, Bryce, and that we're, yeah. we're individuals uh, because they don't view – um, an age of consent is something legitimate that should be entertained. And I just gave you an example of that with one of the first board members of CECAS. And so the, the early seeds of this were actually found in the United Nations, Bryce, which is so, so when we talked about the United Nations just pushing this idea two weeks ago or three weeks ago, when maybe when this comes out of actually lowering the age of consent, that like, guys, the long walk through the institutions, it's a real thing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like, Chesterton once said, like, happy is he who knows not only the hidden causes of things, but who has not lost touch with their beginnings. And, and the beginnings of this <laughs> don't go back to 2010 or 2012. They go back to the That's 40s right. and the 50s. And, and so the United Nations was actually pushing and normalizing this idea of radical sexual pornographic education, uh, Bryce, before the organization Secus. Um, was actually even founded, which is which is quite fascinating. Um, there was a United Nations um, sponsored symposium on sex ed in 1964, months before Mary Calderon launched the Sexuality Information Education Council of the United States, and she attended that that UNESCO sponsored UNESCO United Nations Ethical Society Cultural Organization UNESCO sponsored symposium on sex ed and the Swedish delegates at that 1964 symposium in Germany Bryce had brought the blueprint for their sex ed and you need to know Sweden's always been an early adopter of moral rot uh, in 1938 for example Sweden was the first um, uh, free nation in Christendom to revert to pre-Christian abortion legislation and to institutionalize Planned Parenthood sex education and family limitation programs in 38. So fast wow. track to 64, wow. they bring their, their blueprint for, for radical pornographic sex ed. And, and when CECAS gets launched months later, Bryce, Mary Calderon, the medical director for Planned Parenthood, who leads Planned Parenthood to launch CECAS, has basically a like-for-like -like copy of the Swedish delegates blueprint on sex ed that she copied. So the United Nations, what I'm saying is, has long been actually pushing this and leading into the sexualization of children. And this, this idea now that's very popular on the radical left and now more mainstream left, actually, Bryce and mainstream liberals who go along with it, which is that there is no sexual act that is taboo and there are no age limitations to sexual behavior that should be described as good or bad or profitable or, or, or wicked. And so CECAS, in their first year or two, Bryce, starts to produce these CECAS study guides, study guides. And it, it was the precursor to what we today call sensitivity training, which is how you break down inhibitions in the classroom. If you've heard these stories about like children who were being forced to discuss role playing of like, of like, of like subjective sexual experiences they might be in that happens all yeah, around our public classrooms. Bizarrely disturbing. That's sensitivity training. You guys just need to know that's what it's called. And the Sika study guides in 64, 65, 66 uh, were kind of the precursor to that, um, playing out these scenarios. And so, and thankfully, again, Bryce, you, you have to kind of do your research, right? Like 1984, they make these things hard to find, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. To make all yeah, of the most possible. 
and I've worked my ass off to get this for you guys. And uh, and we're we're we are sitting down. We sat down with an author named Claire Chambers with an, an interview we're releasing this month in May. Brett, she's now 90 years old, and she wrote a book in 1977 for your listeners. You guys will want to check this out. Named called the Seekus Circle a humanist revolution. And in 1977, she studied for seven years, research starting in 1970 when she was in her early 30s with young children. For seven years, published it in 77, she was the first individual, a mom, to really expose the entire sexual revolutionary cabal and all of the humanist links and how all this house of wow. humanism was all being built by different colonels on different battlefronts in the culture war, but all the colonels had walkie-talkies and were communicating with one another. They were on the same team, framing the timbers of the same house that they wanted to usher in to replace the Christian worldview and Judeo-Christian worldview in the Christian country that that our ideologies and laws were built upon. She exposed all this in 77. So, so guys, go to Unaborted this month in May, May 18th. We dropped the first one live on YouTube and on the audio podcast as well. But she she talks about these Sika study guides, Bryce, and it's absolutely disgusting and fascinating. Um, they say things in their study guides in 1968 like this. You ready for this? The need to understand oneself as a sexual being that all children are born and grow up as sexual beings. What did I just tell you? How do they describe people? As sexual yeah. beings. And then Lester Kirkendall, one of the board members of SICUS when it was founded, he says in 1969, SICUS study guide number one, he says, once and for all, adults must accept as fact, Bryce, follow the science, as fact, that young people of all ages are sexual beings with sexual needs. Needs. They have sexual needs, Bryce. Within five years of Sikas's founding, they were publicly writing and admitting that they believe children to be sexual beings who have sexual needs. That is all you need to know, listener, to dismiss the entire organization and movement as a pedophilic enterprise. That's always been the goal. Because if you can, if you can, if you can destroy children, right, you can control the country. And because and you can, if you can get the children while they're young and destroy their innocence and inhibitions, then you can control the next generation. Hitler would say things like this, Bryce. He would say things similar to like, like I don't care about my detractors or dissenters because I have your children in my schools. Okay, so like the public mm -hmm. education was selected long ago as sort of the cultural linchpin of the revolution by these humanist revolutionaries who were willing to be patient and and play the long game or what Antonio Gramsci called the strategy of the robes to get the robes of all these institutions to then begin directing them and controlling them. This stuff has been brewing for so, 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 so long. And so, listen, Marjorie Taylor Greene is not a kooky tin hat foil wearing conspiracy theorist when she says the Democrat Party is the party of pedophiles. That party has a weird sexual interest in children. That, that that history goes back a long, long ways. And so when they're talking about transgender children rights, like Biden is always saying, he's always talking about trans children's rights. He is viewing children through a sexual lens, which goes yeah. back a long, long, long ways. And so, hey, uh, I don't want to hear one more time that conservatives are conspiracy theories, theorists for saying that maybe there's this like elite sex ring of pedophilic politicians and millionaires and billionaires who have a kooky obsession with with the sexual identity of children that goes back to the 30s the 40s the 50s and the 60s summer is here and good ranchers wants to give you what you've been craving a nice summer steak on the grill can you hear the sizzle already 
I'm not sure what your favorite steak is, but mine is literally every steak I get from Good Ranchers. Every cut that they source from local American farms is hand-cut, trimmed, and aged to perfection. Good Ranchers is proud to be a trusted source for high-quality, all-American meat, and they are the way to get the most out of your summer grilling season. So head on over to GoodRanchers.com and pick up your box. They have ribeyes, New York strips, all-natural burgers, and all the delicious chicken you could ever want. Plus, it's $30 off with my code BRYCE. With 85% grass-fed beef imported from overseas, Good Ranchers wants you to put American meat on the grill you can feel good about and trust. Whether you're planning a backyard barbecue, a family picnic, or a beachside cookout, they've got you covered with honest, transparent products that deliver on quality, price, and flavor. This is the perfect time of year to easily change the way you buy meat. So head to GoodRanchers.com and use my code BRYCE for $30 off any box. Forget about the summer bod for a minute and focus on summer meats. With Good Ranchers, you can feel good about the 100% American, locally sourced meat you're putting on your grill and on your plate. Make this summer one to remember by starting it with American meat delivered to your door from GoodRanchers.com. Use my code BRYCE for $30 off at GoodRanchers.com today. Oh, yeah. No, it's happening. And and the difference, you know, look, obviously that kind of great evil exists, um, you know, all over all over Earth. Right. And and we have within churches, we have within the, uh, you know, political establishment uh, on our side. We have abusers of children. You know, uh, we have pedophilia that exists. All of that. It exists. It's it exists anywhere. There are uh, people because people are sinful. And, and oftentimes people abuse and take advantage of children. The difference is, is we condemn it wherever it's found, number one. <laughs> yeah. And we should. And, and I will uh, be happy if you point me in any of those directions, even if it's on our side, to condemn it, to go after it, to prosecute it. Um, but here's the real difference. It isn't our party platform. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> right. not, it's, it's not something that we are side. endorsing yeah. and, and pushing. And what's interesting is they are right now beginning what I believe will accelerate really fast if they get uh, or remain in power in 24. They already are dancing around the idea of of, uh, you know, same uh, or uh, what is it? Minor attracted persons, you know, that being a um, a sexual yep. identity. They're already talking about it being a sexual identity. They're already they they uh, somebody posted the, the newly designed flag on their side. It got taken down by by Twitter yep. and, and that account got shut down. But that will accelerate at great speed and it will be part of mainstream liberal leftist conversation come 2024 if they remain in power guaranteed yep yep that's right and and sex said um the the radical type of pornographic sex that we're talking about which really i mean that should be coming from parents parents should be the ones educating their children about sexual health and responsibility um yeah, responsibility in, in the in the uh, orthodox sense not in uh, just wear a condom and do it <laughs> yeah. do it safely Make sure you're wearing yes. lots of lube, you know, no, not, not, the, not oh, the way they God. use responsibility today. Um, right. Where anal sex is described as, um, a, a, as a form of, um, abstinence, uh, abstinence, right. It's like, it's well, in you the know, abstinence so, category so in once, their, in their team talk curriculum. How, how, how pedophilic these people 
are. But but sex ed, uh, the way that the comprehensive sexuality education (CSE) um, was selected long ago, Bryce, as as a key um, as a key liturgical strategy. Let's call it a discipleship model to bring about the one world government and the population limitation movement. And and, and lest your listeners think, um, well, oh. Uh, all right, Seth, Seth just went uh, uh, full-blown uh, conspiracy theorist. Um, how about we just let these people speak for themselves, actually? Um, Lester Kirkendall, uh, one of the more significant members of the sexual revolution, like when you study this stuff, Bryce, the name Lester Kirkendall comes up constantly. And and uh, we'll dive into him more in our interview with Claire Chambers, a two-and-a-half-hour-long four-part series being released this May. Um, but... He was a founding board member of CECUS, okay? Um, he was a board member of Oregon State Planned Parenthood. He uh, very early on actually served as the executive director of the Atheistic American Humanist Association, the AHA, American Humanist Association, which I don't know if you know this, Bryce, is dedicated to, quote, the eradication of God from the universe, which is always hilarious because they're atheists. And so they're, what they're saying is God doesn't exist. And I also really hate him. So that's really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that is funny. And, uh, and, and he co-authored a book with an identified communist and Sikhist author named Isidore Rubin entitled sex in the adolescent years, new directors in guiding and teaching youth. Let me, let me just say that again, sex in the adolescent years, new directors in guiding and teaching youth. That was the whole goal early on. He was co-authoring this book. So this is a little bit about Lester Kirkendall, okay? Um, He wrote a 1965 op-ed in the, ready? The Humanist Magazine. Oh, shocker. (laughs) The Humanist Magazine, which was the official voice of the American Humanist Association, right? Okay. Um, Because he at one point was the director of the American Humanist Association. And and this is fascinating. Bryce, listen, Maya Angelou, kind of a kooky weirdo, but she once said, when when someone tells you who they are, um, believe them. And and so so don't take my word for this. Why don't you take Lester Kirkendall, a a founding board member of the Sexuality Information Education Council of the United States, the very organization that was the first one and the one behind all of this crazy pornographic uh, education in the schools and the libraries that pissed off all these parents. That all goes back to Sikas, folks. You just need to know that. So he's a founding board member. So what did he say in his 1965 op-ed in the Humanist Magazine? You ready for this? Okay, (laughs) I'm not a conspiracy theorist. You shut up. All right. All right. Here we go. He said, quote, we demonstrated, we demonstrated, Bryce, that effective contraceptive methods and in the long run, population control were linked closely with physiological knowledge about sex, a capacity for free discussion, and attitudes towards sex roles. Remember how they role play things in classrooms? Mm-hmm. Sex yep. roles and sex itself. And here's the line. Here's the line, guys. Listen, listen. Lester Kirkendall, founding board member of SICA, says, quote, sex education is clearly tied in a socially significant way to family planning and population limitation policy. <laughs> wait, 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 yeah. wait, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down. Wait, are you telling me that, uh, that, uh, that the conspiracy theorists were right? Yes. They, they said early on in 65, one year after Sneakus was founded, that sex ed was significantly tied 
to the population limitation policy and movement because because population control bryce is best achieved when people willingly participate right through the widespread use of birth control but birth control assumes more liberal ideas about sex because we're, we're young people in the 1905 and 1910 just having crazy multiple partner sex no they weren't but that was that was that was kind of frowned upon right you, yeah. you were kind of yeah. a weirdo there's a social stigma to it yeah that we had a social moral fabric that, that condemned such type of behaviors and so birth control by definition assumes more liberal ideas about sex and those ideas are planted early through planned parenthood seekest style sex ed in the schools and lester kirkendall yeah. is saying that openly in 1965 so, so when, when individuals and institutions and organizations, guys, appear like they're all working on the same team with a common goal, um, maybe it's because they are all on the same team with a common goal. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, well, just acknowledge that and go, okay, so now we know what we're up against and who our enemy truly is. Let's live in the light of that recognition and truth and start pushing back mobilizing living in community and fellowship not as atomized isolated individuals who aren't accountable who are engaging in secret sin that rots the soul and thus all of society as well but living open transparent humble lives in community and fellowship with fellow believers pursuing virtue and creating men with chests working out sweating and bleeding and moaning through our work to to strengthen our physical and our moral muscles so when the trumpet is sounded and the calling comes we will be ready to hit the line of battle for our king and engage against this demonic pedophilic cult that has always targeted children and the family as their core focus because the family is the smallest political unit as goes the family so goes society as goes the father so goes the family and it's time for us to start living within those natural limitations and the natural order that god made stop whining and moaning about it and pursuing egalitarian pipe dreams that you don't find in scripture pursuing the virtue that god placed in the heart of man because when we live according to the creator's design we find true peace freedom and fulfillment because we're living the telos that we were woven together to do in our mother's womb and that's where we find satisfaction that's where we find peace as we live in accordance with the creator's design returning to that is the only way that we may turn this american experiment around give god a reason to show america mercy and send these moloch baal baphomet demons back into their caves because their date is on the calendar the reason they hate human beings is because they hate the imago day the reason they hate the human beings is because we're created in the image of god that's and right. human beings remind these people and these demons behind these these assaults and revolutions that they have a day on the calendar coming and they will cause as much chaos as they can before they're thrown into that lake of fire all we have to ask ourselves is what my favorite theologian gandalf the gray once asked all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us and it is a glorious time to be alive for the lion of the tribe of judah is on the move people are waking up and they're realizing the agenda and nothing is more beautiful than that because if you pursue truth you may find comfort in the end but if you pursue comfort 
you will find neither comfort nor truth. Only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin and in the end despair. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, you heard it from Seth. Uh, get busy early, get married, get uh, uh, off the couches, work out, get that testosterone up, boys, become men, get off of the um, contraceptives and pills, and um, hey, let's have fruitful lives, let's multiply, let's uh, go out and make disciples of, uh, of all the nations, and uh, we'll get through this as a community, and hey man, I'm so happy when you join me on the show, because you always fire me up, I always learn something new, I wish I could uh, quote people as well as you do. Um, but you know, since, uh, since your, uh, big brain is so beautiful, um, I'm glad that you're <laughs> pumping out some great kids cause you make some good looking kids, man. And, uh, you know, congrats on your new little one. Um, she was so cute the other day on, on our call. So that was awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Last thought for your listeners and you Bryce, um, nothing caused the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger to wet the bed and wake up in night sweats more than Christians reproducing and having lots of children and raising them godly. Um, not because I say so, but once again, because she said so. And we'll yeah. finish with this as, as the call to return to the first commandment in Genesis, the first commandment human beings are given, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, exercise dominion. B- Margaret Sanger once said, you ready for this, guys? And now we'll, we'll, we'll bid you adieu. She said, birth control appeals to the advanced radical because it is calculated to undermine the authority of the Christian church, end quote. Yep. She wanted birth control to undermine the authority of the Christian church. Why? Because the first mandate of that Christian church was to be fruitful and multiply. And if they're filling the earth and subduing it and discipling and raising godly children who are exercising dominion, then we will not be able to regain the reins of political power to exercise our humanist dominion because the blood-bought bride of Christ will be living like there is a God and we are not him. And we have duties and responsibilities to our king to occupy until he comes. That is simply the mandate. Oh, look at that. It's almost like God knew what he was talking about. Out, and that Christianity actually had something to say to the first humans that ever lived. Amen. Well, praise God, brother. To God be the glory. Thank you for joining Amen. me. And uh, yeah, we're out. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode of The Bryce Eddy Show. Hey, we need your help. We have a special call to action. Please subscribe to our new Rumble channel, The Bryce Eddy Show. If you've been consuming this on our church website or church channel, Go ahead and subscribe to us on Rumble. We need to build those numbers there for that new dedicated channel. For your convenience, we have a link in the description below.